Today, I would like to address a topic which few speak about from the member. It is a topic which relates to ourselves and our families, our community, and it is one which we can see quite easily how we have become ignorant about it. For if we were to ask our children, our teenagers, who was the arch enemy of Spider-Man, they would tell you it was Scorpion. And if you were to ask them, who is the arch enemy of Superman, they would tell you Lex Luthor. And if you ask them, who was the arch enemy of Batman, they will tell you the Joker. But if you ask them, and who is the arch enemy of humankind, they would say, don't know. Who is he? Shaitan? Yes, Satan is the spiritual enemy from the time of the creation of Adam until the end of this world. But there would be amongst us an arch enemy to humankind about whom Prophet Muhammad warned. And he taught us to seek refuge from this arch enemy in our daily prayers. At the end of each prayer, he used to teach a dua, the way he taught a Surah from the Quran. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min adhab jahannam. Wa min adhab al-qabr. Wa min fitnatil mahya wal mamat. Wa min sharri fitnatil masih al-dajjal. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the hellfire, the evils, trials of the grave. The trials of living and dying and from the trial of the Antichrist. Al-Masih al-Dajjal. And the Prophet ﷺ warned that among the signs that Dajjal is about to come is when you no longer hear Imams speaking from the member about Dajjal. Can you remember the last time you heard about Dajjal from the member? We're getting close. The Prophet ﷺ told us that from the time of the creation of Adam until the last day, the greatest trial that humankind would face would be that 
او المسيح الدجال so this tells us the magnitude of this trial and it is important for us to know it to understand its elements to be able to inform our families our communities that they would be ready when the dajjal appears and the prophet sallallahu thought at one point that one of the people in medina was al masih al dajjal growing up a boy but when he tested the individual he came to know it wasn't so it means that the time of its coming is not something that can be uh, guessed about recently i was read, following some programs on youtube checking out some programs and i came across a program on dajjal in which the presenter was presenting that dajjal was the uk Britain was Dajjal. And he went to the hadith and he interpreted them this way and that way to give you the idea, yeah, yeah, the UK is Dajjal. And I remember years back, there was a book which I had read on Dajjal, which was saying, the television is Dajjal. Because Dajjal is described as blind in one eye. He's only looking through one eye. They say, okay, that television is that eye looking at you. You're watching it, but it's watching you. And this was an argument. But the reality is that when we look at what Prophet Muhammad said regarding Dajjal, he described him as a human being. He described his face, his complexion, his hair, how he walked, his body build, everything. He described a human being. He said he was blind in the right eye. He could see through the left eye, but the left eye was cloudy, green-tinged. The color of his skin was ruddy white, like the people of the north, Finland, UK. UK. White with red. That's how he described him. He's also described as being very muscular, wide neck, wide stance when he stood, when he walked, his feet were not close together. You know, like the bodybuilders, when they pump themselves up when they walk. Something like that. He described him this way. That his hair was curly, locks 
which would curl on each other as if they were snakes. Not that they were snakes, but as if. And he would be sterile. He would have no children. So we're talking about a human being. And he, in fact, he even went on to say that he resembles most Abdul Uzza ibn Qatan from the Mustalaq tribe, clan of the Khuza'a tribe who died in pre-Islamic times. He described an individual. What he looked like. The fact that he said the word kafir would be written between his eyes, forehead, and it would be recognizable to the believers whether they were literate or illiterate. This is where the interpreters go off in different directions. But today, if you write the word Allah, whether somebody reads or doesn't read, Muslims, they will know it's Allah. You don't have to be literate to recognize Allah when it's written. It's so widespread amongst Muslims. In any case, if it is miraculous that Allah gives Muslims that awareness, and this is practicing Muslims, that awareness, that is a miraculous protection which Allah will give the believers. At any rate, the coming of Dajjal is preceded by another figure known as the Mahdi. He is not Imam Mahdi of the Shia, who they claim will come back, who was in a tunnel, disappeared. He would return and the first thing he would do would be go to Medina, and to dig up the graves of Abu Bakr and Umar and beat them. That's their story. We don't believe that. The Mahdi, Prophet Muhammad told us would be an individual who would come even if there's only one day remaining in this life. This individual would have the name of the Prophet ﷺ, Muhammad, and the name of his father, Abdullah. And he would have a wide forehead, he described him, so we know it's not symbolic. And he would engage in a battle. The Western civilization Christian civilization refers to it as Armageddon, the ultimate world war. And he would defeat them. And he would retake Constantinople. So we know Constantinople 
will be taken away from Muslims after having taken it. And the Prophet ﷺ informed us that just prior to the appearance of Dajjal, three years prior, there would be drought across the world. The first of the three years, there would be no rain on one third of the earth. Allah would hold the rain back from one-third of the earth. Drought would begin on a massive scale. In the second year, two-thirds of the earth, rain would not fall. Drought, hunger, spreading. The third year, there would be no rain anywhere on the earth. No rain anywhere on the earth. And it is at that point the war of Armageddon ends. The Mahdi begins ruling the earth bringing justice back into the world. And it is at that point that Ad-Dajjal will appear from Khurasan, Khurasan, which refers to modern-day Iran, Turkmenistan, and Afghanistan. It's the region covering all three of those countries. Not the town in Iran, which is called Khurasan. Now, and his followers will be from all groups. Some people hear it's that his followers will be Jews. Well, there will be Jews among them. But there would be among them many Muslims. People with Muslim names. In the hundreds and thousands. And of course the Christians, they will be flocking behind him because he is bringing the very claim that they make that Jesus salam, was God. That would be the claim. That's their claim. Jesus was God. And at Dajjal, he is referred to as Al-Masih Al-Dajjal, the Messiah, the fake, the false Messiah. And his da'wah, different from the Dajjalun about whom the Prophet ﷺ had said there would be 40, around 40 of them who would appear, each one claiming that he was a messenger of Allah. No. A Dajjal will be telling people that he is God. He is Christ, the God. Which is what Christians believe. Christ, Jesus Christ, is God. Son of God who is God. How that is, Allah knows best. So he will be coming at a time 
when there is massive drought in the earth, world wars taking place, people are in a state of desperation, weakness, and he will be bringing with him, as the Prophet ﷺ said, food, like a mountain of meat and bread. And people at that time of starvation will be offered. You believe in me and you eat. You believe in me and I will command the skies to rain and it will rain where you are. You believe in me and I will command the earth to bring out its treasures and you will be supremely rich. This is the trial of that time. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the strength of iman to be able to face that time. To forgive us for our negligence with regards to our religion at this time. And we ask Allah to forgive our close ones who have passed away. And we ask Allah to protect our children. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum. بسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. Ask forgiveness from Allah, for only He can answer our prayers. Dajjal's reign will be for forty days. The first of those days, Prophet Muhammad said, would be the length of a year. The second would be the length of a month. The third would be the length of a week. And then the rest of the days would be like our days. Of course, when the Prophet ﷺ informed that the first day would be the length of a year, the sun would not set for a year. What concerned the Sahaba the most? was what? Salah. They asked the Prophet ﷺ, how are we going to make Salah then? If there's no setting of the sun, because we are calculating our prayer times according to the rising and the setting of the sun. The Prophet ﷺ had said, calculate it. They didn't ask him, how are we going to calculate it? But they understood that when the time comes, we'll be able to calculate it. And alhamdulillah, if you have Al-Fajr watch or Asr watch, it's all calculated for you. Allahu Akbar. But that was their concern. Their main concern. Salah. And the Dajjal would be given the ability to take life appear to take life and to give life. He would chop a man in half, walk between the halves and then tell those halves to come together, they would come together. Alive. They would tell a man in front of everybody, listen, if you believe, if you, if, if, if I bring back your 
father and mother, your dead father and your mother, would you believe in me? And accept me as your God? And the man will say, of course, if you can bring my parents back to life, who but God, Allah, could do that? And at that time, two jinn, two from among the jinn, will appear, looking like his father and mother. And they will say to him, Oh young son, Oh sonny, believe in him, he is your God. Will we be able to face that? Will we be able to hold on to faith at that time? This is the question. And the Jal, in spite of all that happens, the powers that he has, his time will come to an end. He will surround the forces of the Mahdi eventually over those years, the period of his reign, they have been fighting. He finally surrounds them in Jerusalem. And at the time when he is about to come and enter Jerusalem and finish them off, Prophet Isa will descend. Near Damascus. And he will join the Mahdi in prayer. Lead the prayer. And then lead the fight against Dajjal. He will chase Dajjal. Dajjal will see him and he will run. He will chase him until he catches him and kills him with his own hand, with a spear. And that is the end of the trial. What did the Prophet ﷺ advise us in those times? He advised us fundamentally to cling firmly to Islam. As he said, you hold on firmly to the book of Allah and my sunnah, and you will never go astray. Your faith will remain firm at the most difficult of times. He also recommended the memorization of the first ten or the last ten verses of Surah Al-Kahf. And that we seek refuge with that dua that he gave us. And that we remember Allah often. And he warned us that if we hear of the Dajjal in a particular place, we should not try to meet him and challenge him. As some among the righteous Muslims would. He told us to flee. Because people will come to him thinking they could stand against him and he will turn them into his followers. So, it is for us to hold on firmly to our deen. To know the reality of Dajjal and have our children know it. Know it the way they know the superheroes and their arch enemies. Know it better 
because it's real. The superheroes are fake. Entertainment, better avoided. The Jal has plenty of information. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hold the ummah together, to keep them strong in these times and in the times to come, to protect the ummah from its enemies, global enemies that are trying to hold Islam down. Islam which cannot be held down. Islam which is on the rise everywhere. The struggles that we face are the necessary struggles indicating that Islam is getting stronger and stronger. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect all of our helpless Muslim brothers and sisters suffering in Myanmar, in Syria, Afghanistan, wherever they're stuck suffering. We ask Allah to protect them, to forgive us for not being able to help them the way that we should as an ummah. But we must do whatever we can as individuals. ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد هديتنا وحب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب Seeking knowledge and obligation made easy Thought about studying for a long time Tuition fees keeping you from actually starting Islamic Online University has led a revolution in online learning. The world's first tuition-free degree, BA in Islamic Studies. Access the knowledge, any place, anytime, anywhere. It just doesn't get any easier than that. Classes, texts, assignments, completely online. Set your own schedule for the semester. No overseas travel required for the exams. Subjects taught by qualified English-speaking scholars. Weekly live sessions in virtual classrooms. With curricula based on those in El Medina University in Saudi Arabia, El Azhar University in Cairo, and other reputable institutions around the world. Why wait any longer? You pay just a symbolic registration fee and are ready to begin the adventure of higher education. The most diverse student body of any university in the world, 130,000 plus registered students from 217 countries. Log in to the website for more details, www.islamiconlineuniversity.com.